three, two, one. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of the Gregor's Ministries podcast. And today we are so excited. Ronnie Elliot is here with us today. And Ronnie, thank you so much for oh, being with us today. Come on, man. It's a yeah. crazy honor to be here. I'm a big fan. Watch the podcast online all the time. But the funny thing is, Ronnie, it was 10 years ago. And so, guys, if you didn't know, I'm almost 30 years old. But when I was 20 years old, Ronnie went on my first mission trip with me. We went to Bangkok, Thailand. Yeah. Man, that was an awesome time. 2011. It's yeah. like a lifetime ago. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. It's like a passport expiration ago. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I just had to update my passport yeah. and like that stamp is no longer yeah. there. So, <laughs> but we had a good time while we were yeah. there. And then even since then, you went on a trip with us to Kenya as well. Yeah. And you have a heart for missions. You, I believe you went to the mission school yep. as well as me. And so we've had a lot of amazing experiences on the mission field. And yep. so I'm excited to have you on today. Man. And, you know, when we were, it was 2014 when we went to Kenya for yeah. the first time. Yeah. And I'd love for you just to kind of share, because, you know, Gregorich Ministries, we have a project for uh, Kenya where we are actually helping fund orphans there, 235 orphans. We're helping pay for their food their some of their housing uh the their tuition a lot of different things and ronnie was there with us when we saw some of that in effect and so i wanted you just to share a little bit about your experience in kenya with us sure i'd love to talk about that yeah. i, I want to say this though it was thailand in 2011 that i really saw this kid you know this, <laughs> this young kid figuring out that he had a, a passion for That's the world so and, and see what I saw out of you has, has always inspired me. It was just a love of Jesus that you wanted to like infect other people with. And I saw yeah. it in Thailand and then I just saw it like multiplied in, in Kenya. But I want to say Thailand, man, that's when we ate some crazy street food. That was a bad oh idea. We gosh. were like, like fried, uh, not fried, squid, but like squid, like, yeah. Yeah. like charcoal squid off the streets, you know, but it was in Thailand that, um, you know, I had, I had just came to Rainbow, my wife and I, Peggy, yeah. And our three girls had moved from uh, Missouri, sold everything, and, and started working overnights uh, at a post office to to go to school. Yeah. And uh, we were just focused on school. And this missions trip opportunity came up. And, you know, missions had always been in our heart. Yeah. My wife and I, we we took our first mission trip as newly newlyweds, 18 years old. Wow. Started taking trips to, to Peru with this awesome, awesome evangelist. Yeah. And, it really like kind of ruined me for regular life exactly. and regular ministry to see God move in a foreign culture and just see people come to the Lord. And so when we had a chance to come to Rama and, and train for ministry, uh, this missions trip was announced and I thought, Oh, that'd be amazing. But also I got to work. I got to go to school. I'm raising these kids. Yep. And, you know, I've got time for this. And uh, there was another student who just like handed me an envelope for, for the deposit and said, Oh, you're supposed to go to that. I knew I was supposed to, didn't have money, time, yeah, and the capacity for it, yeah. but the Holy Ghost, he knows what's up, and he set me up for success, and then I got to really connect with you and, yeah. and serve under under D. Tad on that, on that first trip, and saw the miraculous. We saw so many people we come to the so Lord, much. you know, I mean, we literally moved the needle of evangelical Christians in that country from that one 10-day trip. And it really set the course for my family's uh, time in, in Rama yeah. and our direction for, for life and ministry and, and missions was, was Thailand. So, I, I remember that trip and it's actually coming back to me as we're talking about it. But I remember there was uh, there were some crazy, you know, miracles that were happening. But just the ability that one thing that surprised me, you know, we in America, at least for the most part, and it's not all inclusive, but 
a lot of times people have at least heard of Jesus, mm -hmm. whether it's through Christmas yeah. or whatever, yeah. they've at least heard the name. They yeah. maybe don't know about him. But when we were in Thailand, when we were talking to people and you brought up the name of Jesus, there would be people that literally had never heard his right. name. And so that was an eye-opening experience yeah. for me to realize that, hey, there's people that still have not heard the name of Jesus. And that means that all of us still have a purpose yeah. here on this earth mm -hmm. to let people and to proclaim the name of Jesus and uh, not only proclaim his name, but demonstrate who he is yeah. and to show the heart of God for other people. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when we were, we, in 2014, we went to Kenya yes. and I, I believe you were with a, the group that went to the hospital yes. and saw somebody miraculously healed. If you can kind yeah. of share a little bit about that, if you oh, remember it, you can absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I can never forget it. Yeah. We, you know, it's funny. We had been several places in, in Kenya yeah. and we've been praying for the sick and seeing kind of some of the things we saw in, in Thailand was the miraculous healings and people getting born again. And in Kenya, we were walking down this dirt road and uh, my wife and I were with a team, several other from the team. And um, we, we come around this corner and we see this bush hospital and it was kind of the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It, it took me by surprise. And we had seen some abject poverty and, and people in very tough situations. It was already um, you know, drastic and stark in, in contrast to what we see in the States, you Absolutely. know, and so I'm already thankful for what God's, you know, uh, for what we have here. And, you know, I, I'm not used to being in that environment and, and, but we've been seeing God do stuff, but we come to this place where it's already so, uh, it's already so oppressed and already yeah. so, you know, um, uh, so tough as the living conditions for these people. And when we turn this corner in the middle of nowhere and see this Bush hospital, I was immediately, um, intimidated. No, I get at, it. Yeah. I had seen people, healthy people, you know, uh, you know, basically healthy people comparatively. And now we're going to walk into this hospital in these conditions. I was, I was intimidated. My wife though, my, my sweet, quiet <laughs> wife, she's like hospital. All right, we gotta let's go. go. Yeah. And she's like leading the girl. I'm like, okay, here we go. And so we're, we're going through the hospital. We got to pray for, you know, for babies who are just yeah. born and these moms and and we and we we did come across this room, uh, and it had had um, you know patients who were who were diagnosed with AIDS. Yeah. And the one that that I think I believe that you're referring to the one yeah. the one gentleman you were uh, referring to, we went up to him, and there was this thin sheet over his body, and I can still remember seeing you know his um, just decimated body yeah. in this bed, and and you could see his bones protruding. It was just like skin stretched across bones. He just yeah. seemed like a skeleton of a man. I couldn't believe that he was alive. Yeah. And we got to minister the gospel to him. I'm just shaking, remembering this. Yeah, you know? man, I could feel it. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, he accepted the gospel. He was born again. And in that moment he was born again, I saw like a flicker of light. Wow. in his eyes. And he started to raise himself up on the bed. And there was a nurse there just kind of meandering, doing things. And she stopped him. She's like, she's like, no, no, no he's too frail. He doesn't need to get up. And we weren't asking him to get up. He was just yeah. having this physical reaction to the gospel of salvation. That's really what we came for was, was this man is on his last moments on this earth, we believe. And we ministered the gospel of salvation. He gets born again and immediately feels strength, feels life in his body. You know, we we do that. We also pray for healing in his Absolutely. body as we had done. Yeah. And, um, you know, we kind of just prayed for him, saw we left some material for him. And we went on because there was, I mean, there was hundreds of people yeah. in that place. 
<laughs> later on we get the testimony of this man that he was healed of of AIDS yeah. and left that hospital alive and well. Glory to God, man. We saw that. <laughs> and so uh, awesome. I mean, the Bible says that Jesus went about doing good yeah. and, and healing the sick and proclaiming the gospel. And that's just the that's just the the method and the message, the way that we did it as well on that team. And I yeah. learned so much that um doing that with you and doing that under under Dean Tad yeah. and the team that was there it really set a precedence uh, in our life that we can believe God for unbelievable stuff, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. For un- incredible, I say unbelievable, incredible stuff. No. And he'll do exceedingly abundantly above that. So. And one thing too, when you went there and you saw that happen, you saw God work through you and work in that man's life. You didn't have a title. Oh, no. You you didn't have a title of <laughs> yeah. pastor, prophet, evangelist, no. teacher. You know, yeah. you, you were just a believer, believer. in Jesus. Yeah. And that's one thing we want to encourage people on this podcast. It doesn't matter what your title is. It doesn't matter what position you have in church. If you are a believer in Jesus, you have the opportunity to minister in that same way and to see miraculous things happen in your life, in the lives of your family. So we just want to encourage you. I believe there's an anointing here to do it. But if there's somebody in your life that is experiencing sickness, Mm -hmm. disease, or any symptoms in their body, we just encourage you lay hands on them. Mark 16, verse 18, believers lay hands on the sick and the they sick shall, shall be made whole. It's not a wishful thinking. It's a promise. And so if you're there's somebody in your life that is dealing with sickness, be the person that's going to reach out, lay hands on them and really demonstrate the life of God in their life. And we believe that they're going to see complete restoration. That man that was completely healed from AIDS, which is, you know, and curable. Yeah. And, and that's one thing I think that we fall into the trap of, just to be honest, is we rank these like diseases and sicknesses, but yeah. all of them are defeated yep. under the name of Jesus. That's right. And so sometimes we look at cancer or AIDS or anything and we say, man, we got to pray 10 minutes longer for that thing. But yeah. the reality is, is the life of God is able to heal a headache just yeah. as much as it is cancer that's or right. AIDS. And so we can't fall into the trap of think that uh, I can't, I got to be more spiritual before I can yeah. pray for this. No, it's the kingdom yeah. principle, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not any harder for God to forgive gossip than murder. You know, <laughs> yes. Saul became the yeah. evangelist and apostle that he was as a persecutor of the church. That wasn't any harder for God to do than to forgive you for anything you've done. That's so Same true. principle for healing. There's no sickness that's too tough for God or, or you need to really work up for. If you're not doing it anyway, right? You lay hands yeah. on the sick, they recover. <laughs> Uh, because you're the point of contact with the life-giving gospel of God. So yeah, that, and that's one thing I love that point you just made is it's not you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, when I'm laying hands on somebody, when I'm ministering to somebody, I got to take my eyes off myself. Yeah, yeah. I can't um, say I'm not qualified mm-hmm. or I don't have the ability or I don't have the experience. Mm-hmm. It's not you to begin with. Yeah. It's God working through you. We are co-laborers with him. And so the part that he needs you to play is to believe and to do. He is the one that works the power through you. And so we believe, we say, God, this is who you are. You're a miracle working God. You're a healing God. You're a loving God. You're a good God. You want to help these people. I'm going to be the person that believes that and acts on that. And when I do that, then I start to see the results that he's promised. And I know that you and your family have been doing tons of work and missions over the last multiple years. And so I I think you've, I don't know all the places you've been. I think you went, did you go to Egypt and let us know, tell us a little bit about your experiences (laughs) on the mission field. Yeah. 
Well, you know, in 2014, when I went to Kenya with, uh, with your, with your uncle and yeah. your dad, and, and I, I want to mention this as well. It was, it was there that I said that I, I saw the love of God in you, yeah. uh, in manifestation, you shared with me that all you want to do is just, um, see the, the love and passion that you have for Jesus, just multiply it in other people. Mm. You just want to share this relationship that you have with Jesus with other people. And I remember hearing that and thinking, well, that makes like evangelism really easy. Yeah. That makes, that makes like reaching the world really easy. Just share what's in you with other people. I mm. saw that in you in, in Thailand and I saw it like multiplied because I didn't get to hang out with you a whole lot at yeah, school, yeah. you know, we're like working, going to school, but, and then on the field, I saw that and, and that Kenya trip really, affected the trajectory of my family's life and, wow. and ministry. We had just graduated from Rama's uh, first two years of school. It took us three years to get done. My wife went one year, took a year off, I, or vice versa. I went one year, took a year off, my wife went one year, and we finished together. And we thought we were, we were done. We would come, we had trained for ministry. We were ready for the next step. And then the Lord really directed us, me to go to RSWM, Rama School of yeah. Missions. And so I spent third year in missions, started volunteering for a missions organization called Club 1040 yeah. and serving under Matt and Julie Beamer, who were incredible mentors and leaders in our life. Uh, during that time in, in uh, mission school, got to hear from, you know, these incredible Raymond missionaries uh, over the years and uh, who have done it, just done it for 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 decades, yeah. been doing this thing. And and all of my heroes all my life have always been, always been missionaries, yeah. you know, so I should have known that God was saying missions as in, <laughs> as in cross-cultural, go hard places kind of yeah. missions. And, um, you know, I, we did our internship in Panama and great, great stories and things came out of that. Uh, but then immediately after a mission school started serving um, that year in 2015, I led teams to Egypt, to Nigeria, to Lebanon and Iraq and saw just, just cool stuff, you know, yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. saying testimonies, yeah. thing, but the main thing I saw was that the gospel, when it's the gospel, it works in every culture in every nation. And if it doesn't, Jim Andrews would tell you if, if, the, if the gospel you're preaching doesn't work in that nation, it's not the gospel. And so wow. uh, for the next, you know, four to five years, uh, started serving as the national director for Club 1040 on the U S side yeah. and was really focused on mobilization and yeah. helping other people go. Because as much as I wanted to go and, and saw a grace in my life to minister cross-culturally outside of the country, it was a grace in my life to encourage others to go, inspire them to go, and help them accomplish what was in their heart. Yeah. You know, it's so much easier to take someone someplace that you've been. You know what I mean? So and that's true. that's yeah. that's in the in the Bible, you know, we have these great pastors who teach us things that God has already showed them. And really, you can't really teach someone or show something to someone that you don't really know. How are you going to teach yeah. something that you don't know, right? Well, the same goes in, in um, if, you know, I couldn't find your office today. It was very easy for you to find it because you'd been here, yes. you know, so I That's relied so on you to get me here. Yeah. And missions, that became kind of my unction, my, my grace was that, you know, I, would, I don't mind going hard places and being in, in uncomfortable situations. Yeah. And, but really it wasn't for me to go. It was for me to, to go and find the way and then take others, you Man. know? And so I got to do that as, um, as the national director for a, a U.S. organization who is mobilizing missionaries. We sent, you know, hundreds of short-term and mid-term mid missionaries. Yeah. And then many families moved to the field uh, full-time who are still there now or have gone, serve, served a, a time who are now pastoring or doing other things in, in missions. And so, 
that's kind of been our, our journey, you know, it's a different season now. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's kind of what we did, you know, serving in the 1040 window and love to talk more about that. I want to take the whole time on that, but no, that, if you'd like to hear about that. But. No, I, we would love to hear about that. And two, I, I just want to say that there's nothing better than uh, seeing some, being able to just replicate the passion that you have for something and, and see it be just imparted to somebody else yeah. and be able to really explain that. And I just have to say this, if you're a Christian, no matter whether you believe you're a missionary or not, you should go on a mission trip. 100%. Don't you believe that? 100%. Like a, at least a short term, like two yeah. week mission trip, yeah. something. Absolutely. And have you seen some people that have maybe felt like, I'm not a missionary, yeah. but they've gone on that and maybe mm -hmm. experienced some things. And it just every every yeah. believer should go really. Yeah. And so I'll I'll say this. You know that the mark of a disciple, in my opinion, is just simply someone who can make a disciple. Yeah. And uh, that's that's when God God said Jesus said uh, make disciples of all nations. That's just you know sheep beget sheep. You yes. know disciples is, is somebody <laughs> who can make a disciple. So we're not just winning people to the lost, uh, from, from lost to save. We're teaching them and discipling them to replicate themselves. So yes. that's just kingdom principle, yeah. right? And so as a believer, you know, you already have the life of God on the inside of you. Yeah. And so what more precious thing could you do than to take that someplace where that's not happening and initiate it or, or push it further? And short-term missions is an amazing way to do that. And generally it's, you know, God does more in you than he that's does so through true. you. You know, that's right. You know, how yeah, yeah. we're still wrecked about yeah. those 10 days in Thailand. Yeah. You know, those, those eight days in Kenya, yeah. we're still, you know, influenced by what God did in us, but also he takes what's in you and he, and he just, uh, you know, <laughs> he reaches the world through you that way. I've seen people take short-term mission trips who said, I would never leave the country. Or uh, let me give you an example. There's there's a sweet uh, lady who uh, who's close to retirement age. She had been a NICU nurse almost her whole life, mm. and she she was on um, one of my first teams I'd taken to Egypt. Been to Egypt several times. She was on the first team, and she the whole time she's like, I know I'm supposed to go. I don't really know why. You know, I just know I'm supposed to be obedient and go. I'm like, yeah. you know, she like, well, let's, let's go. You know, and there's probably uh, I think there's about 18 of us who went on, on this team. We 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 split up. We went to Alexandria, uh, serving with Rayma Egypt and and Ricky and Tracy Martin, who do incredible things with Rayma Egypt. Awesome. And yeah. they kind of split us up. We took some pastors and sent them off to Rayma. When we we took um, about on this group, there was about there's about 85 I believe young people that we, we pulled away from, from Cairo. Wow. And, you know, obviously Egypt is a closed country. You can't yeah. openly uh, evangelize. You can be, you know, not just persecuted, but arrested and deported for proselytizing, right? Reaching wow. Muslims and, and giving them the gospel of Jesus. So in, in that country, uh, we, we actually rented a conference center in uh, a place, Sharma Sheikh, that was down on the Red Sea. And we took these uh, young people away from, uh, the eyes of the government basically rented a place. We had all the security was ours and we, and we uh, ministered the gospel to them. Many were already born again. Many were just seeking. And uh, so we saw people born again and, and saw tremendous stuff there. But this, this, this lady, this sweet lady, this NICU nurse her whole life, she, she got up and testified. And she said, I, I didn't know why I was supposed to be here, but I just wanted to say that if God could use me, to travel all the way across the world, to share the love of God, what could he do in you? Hmm. And these young people who had been listening to all of us tell about Jesus and, yeah, yeah. and share all our exciting messages and, and music that we shared, it was that testimony that just broke the room. 
you know, her obedience yeah. just broke the room. So God was doing some stuff in her, but took just the love that was in her heart for Jesus and just multiplied it in like a way that only he could do. So I would say if you're thinking about going on a short-term mission trip, you're, you probably should already go, yeah. you know, uh, you should, <laughs> that's every, so true. everyone should either go or send someone in their place. That's just, yes. that's just a, a kingdom principle. And, um, we have the ability and the, uh, the resources in the United States to, to travel more than most, even in this crazy times in 2021, yeah. we still have these abilities. So I, I encourage you to connect with, you know, a great ministry like Greg Ridge Ministries, if they're, they're taking a team and leading a team, man, if you're thinking about going, go, if you're, you don't think you can make it, help someone else go and, yeah. and watch what God will do. So you'll never, you'll never regret going. I yeah. That. yeah, that's so true. And, and, you know, as Gregor's Ministries, we're excited that we're taking another team to Kenya, even though this time seems crazy. <laughs> and it, it's an interesting time for sure. Um, the gospel still has to be preached. Yep. And the word of God still has to go forth into the earth. And we can't allow external circumstances of course there's been restrictions yep. but if it's within our power to go yep. we have to go yeah and and i would say as well you know just like ronnie was saying if you you're like man maybe my job doesn't allow me to maybe i have some family uh commitments that i'm not able to go send somebody mm-hmm. and i you know ronnie actually it was funny because before i went to rama I started giving to missions in Africa and I didn't know why I just felt like this leading to do. And I was just giving and giving. And then when God told me to go to Ramah, I knew in my heart, I said, God, I don't want to go to Ramah because if I do, you're going to send me to Africa (laughs) because he had already been preparing my heart because I had been giving towards this nation. And the funny thing though, is that when I was in obedience to what God wanted me to do, he actually changed the desire of my heart to want to go to Africa, which is amazing because once you say yes to God, sometimes we want it to all be figured out. We want to have the desire. We want to have the finances. We want to have everything lined up. But if we just say yes to God and take the first step. Mm -hmm. He actually has the ability to create the desire within you to do the thing that you thought you didn't want to do, which was awesome to me because I was like, the last thing I want to do is to go to Africa. But then whenever the opportunity came uh, for me to go, it was like, I can't wait to go, Mm -hmm. you know? And so Mm -hmm. there was this this heart process that happens, but it began by saying yes. Yes whatever God wants me to do. And I think that's, man, I I didn't, we didn't plan to go here, but the, the idea of consecrating our life to God, God, whatever you want me to do, Mm -hmm. wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to say, however you want me to say it, I'm going to do it. And when I do that and I open my heart, then I'm, he's able to really just mold me and shape me into whatever he needs. That's good. The, and one thing that Tad always says, he says, I don't need to preach what I want to say. I need to preach what the people need to hear. That's good. And that's the same way, yeah. like with my life. I don't need to live my life the way I want to live it. Yeah. I live my life for to be able to be used to reach other people. That's it. Yeah. Well, you know, the Bible says that you delight yourself in the Lord. Yeah. And what does he do? He gives you the desires of your heart. You know, we could read that actually two ways. He actually deposits the desires yes. in your heart. And guess what? He brings them to pass. Isn't that good news? So you didn't even know how much Africa was going to be in your heart. He was depositing that on the inside. And then what's he do? He brings it to pass. He's so faithful. But there's so much um, on the other side of your yes, on the other side of your obedience. And and you may be watching this podcast. If you're watching this podcast, you probably have a heart for God, heart for missions anyway. (laughs) But, uh, you know, you might be intimidated at the idea of reaching the world. And I remember um, sitting in class the first time I ever heard Matt Beamer speak. 
was that, you know, on one end, I walked into the class with this relationship with the Great Commission, that's how I'd always say it, that it was so big, it was so intimidating, I wanted to have a part in it, but I didn't know what I, I, I could do, and it was so, so, such a big task, I almost didn't want to think about it, yeah. it almost hurts my heart, I hear things like this, and I'll, I'll get back to what I heard, but, um, you know, Think about this, the, the 1040 window, which is uh, the 10th parallel north and the 40th parallel north, on, if you're looking at a map and yeah. remember geography, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the, you know, missiologists have identified that part of, of the world and, and call it the 1040 window because um, in, that, in that part of the world, over half the world's population live there. And we're talking, we're talking billions of people, okay? 80% of all Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists who live there will be born, will live, and die, and never meet an evangelical Christian. Wow. It's such a big task. It is a great commission because of, of the scope of the task. Yeah. And I remember walking into uh, this, this Ramus uh, class session, and Matt Beamer was a guest speaker. And at the end of that session, 50 minutes later, I realized that yes, the task was great, but I could actually influence mm. the completion of the Great Commission with the grace that was in my life. I that there was a plan. There's yeah. always good news to hear that there is a plan, right? That's so good, right? There is a plan, <laughs> and I had a part to play yeah. in that plan. So, on when you say yes, uh, when you when you uh, say yes to the plan of God in your life or those unctions in your life, God on the other side of that is actually the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Jesus said, "This gospel shall be preached." to all nations yeah. and then the end will come. The completion of the Great Commission is the closure of the church age. And this, these are big terms, these are big theological ideas, but to bring it down to where we're at today, your obedience, your yes. yes. Okay, if 80% if of all the Buddhist, Muslims and Hindus in the 1040 window, of which there are over 4 billion people in that window, if over 80% of them will never meet an evangelical Christian, just traveling to Thailand, serving under the Higginbotham's, the yeah. tremendous ministries of Rama, Rama, Thailand there, and actually just going into hard places and introducing the gospel and giving them the name of Jesus, not just in a way that this is not the American God. Yes. Remember how they say, how they say Jesus in, in Thai, Pra-Yesu, they may not. They may have known Pra-Yesu was the God of of the American Church, but by the time that we got to share the gospel and say, "Hey, this is what Pra-Yesu did in me. I was lost, and then He gave me salvation. I was broken, and He healed me. He pieced me back together." Mm. At the end of that, we saw hundreds and hundreds of Thai people born again in Kenya. We would see the same thing. We would see people born again, broken bodies healed. It was our relationship with Jesus. We just brought our relationship with Jesus and, and entered it into their sphere of influence, right? Yeah. Just your yes on a short-term mission trip, just your yes on sending, just your yes on serving in your local church Man. and pushing forward. You know, strong missionaries come from strong churches, right? Yeah. Pushing forward the vision in the house, that is God's plan for you. And listen, uh, uh, fulfilling your part of the plan, it takes the whole thing to get it done. That's you know? so true. And so that's good news. Like yes. We can do it. So anyway, I know we kind of get go back to short-term missions and stuff like that, but that was something I saw active um, and still functioning today is that just small steps of obedience have led to like generations change for the gospel, just yeah. going and encountering unbelievers. That, and I love that because there's sometimes that we look at it, like you were saying with the Great Commission, you can look at this big scope of yeah. everything that needs to be done, and you see this overall scope and all the things that need to happen, yeah. and 
sometimes if you're not careful, you almost don't want to even start. Yeah. Because you see, this is so great. I can, yeah. What can I really do? Right. But we need each and every one of you. Each yep. and every one of us have been placed in the body of Christ with yep. a purpose. Yep. And God has a, a vision for us. And yep. it takes us saying yes to begin to see those things come to play pass. And one thing that I've learned is that my life is not just attached to my life. Right. My life is attached to so many more other people. And it took me saying yes to be able to reach those other people. And yeah. so for those of you that are listening, I just want to encourage you that your life is not just to wake up, yeah. eat, sleep, and repeat. Yeah. Your life, you were created with a purpose. Yes. God has a vision for you. He has people for you to impact. And it may not be, you know, right off the bat, you going into another country, like Ronnie was saying, maybe that's just serving in your local church. Yep. And I don't mean to say just serving. Mm -hmm. That's a huge, huge thing to do yeah. because we were created to give. Yep. The character of God is that of a giver. Yep. And so whenever we give, whenever we serve, we're living out of our true nature. Mm -hmm. You know, when we accepted Jesus, we were recreated. We were reborn. We were given a new spirit. And our true nature is that of a giver. And so I'll just say this. You will never be more fulfilled in your life than when you are giving. Yep. Because that's who you were created to be. That is who God destined you to be. And so we just want to encourage you, if you're in your local church, if you see a need, be the one to say yes, yeah. no matter what it is. You know, Ronnie, I'm sure you've been in positions in your life where you're like, I don't know if I'm qualified for this, yeah. but I'm going to say yes. And I'm going to yeah. let God and maybe even you, you know, I want to get back a little bit to Club 1040 and all mm -hmm. the things that you were doing there as well. Sure. When you were offered that position, you may not have felt like, man, I've got it all together. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm serving as a volunteer for the organization yeah. at this point in 2015. And um, I'm part of the volunteer leadership group. And um, as the, the ministry was growing and the, the office was launching more mobilization, we needed a national director again. And, and part of my job was to help find one. And yeah. me with, uh, along with uh, the other uh, the two um, young men who are uh, on the a leadership team, we, we actually, you know, solicited interview, uh, uh, resumes and had interviews and we put forth our recommendations for national director. And there was another, another young man I thought was the, the right guy. He had lived on the, the field yeah. and he's qualified. <laughs> and uh, they asked me to apply as well. And so I did. And they, they offered me the position and it was just, it seems just backwards. I'm like, I'm just, I'm from a town of 800 people, yeah. you know, I've just barely got a high school education yeah. and, and uh, you know, just keeping it together. <laughs> But um, just just yes is always yeah. the right answer. God says that I, I I love obedience over over sacrifice. So it wasn't anything that that I could have brought in myself anyway. It was just the obedience to say to say yes. And so I mean I I grew so much in in leadership and, yeah. and uh, ministry during those during those five years. I'm so so thankful for that. But it was like you said, you don't have to feel qualified to get something done. You know you're. He, what come on now i hate to even say it we've heard it so many times he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't call the qualified god yeah. qualifies the called he really does and yeah. he's already created good works for us to walk in so that's the good news is that all all, all we have to do is just walk into what he's already prepared for us and clubs in 40 serving under matt and julie beamer the ministry is still tremendous and growing today um you know the the influence of the gospel through that ministry has uh, we've seen, you know, seen great, great things, but the important thing is that um, they're, you know, they're walking out what God has for them. And I got to serve um, as a mobilizer yes. for, for, you know, four to five years there. And then um, we 
I guess I'd say I kind of worked myself out of a job because the the whole the whole point of the ministry was to uh, you know mobilize indigenous leadership. Yes. And and um, you know taking people from the west to the east is always going to be a need. You're going to have to go cross cultural. But you know Jesus' model, Paul's model, was to take twelve indigenous leaders and deposit the kingdom in them and release them uh, to do the same in, in others. And so uh, the influence of the ministry now is, is more indigenous leadership. And so the, the you know, when the office um, relocated, basically the, the headquarters relocated from the States to be in the Middle East, you know, uh, my position, my title wasn't needed anymore. Yeah. And, you know, the whole time we had always anticipated uh, that season happening, but then at the end of that time as national director, my wife Peggy and I, we we anticipated to to move full time the mission field. We would go from mobilizers yeah. to missionaries, and as that season came, we we stepped up and we we're like, ah, it's just not, it's not what he's leading us to do. And you know what he told us? He said to come back to Oklahoma and just put our kids back <laughs> in the Christian school yeah. they were in. And so now, for the last eighteen months, we've been in this season of instead of like sending and and, and going and mobilizing, to just serving and giving. You know, yeah. and and I really have really um, I shouldn't say I've been, I've enjoyed, but I I I've learned that you know God He doesn't care about titles. You said that earlier. That's he doesn't so care. True. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He, he doesn't want to. Um, you, know, you don't need to have a title to be influential in the kingdom. Yeah. And God cares about your relationship with Him above all else. You know. And so I've really got to make sure that uh, while for the the last 25 years, we said, God, will lay this business down. We'll sell our house. We'll, we'll go wherever you want us to go. We'll do whatever you want us to do. And so we did that. We gave up, I gave up a 10 year career with the postal service to come to go into ministry. Yeah. I we, we, you know, we sold house and, and we moved across, you know, across the country to go to school at Rama because we want to, we want to, you know, lay everything down the altar. And then God says, Oh, also I want you to put ministry on the altar. I want you just to, I want to have your whole heart right now. And so, you know, we, we, we did it like, okay, Lord, this is what you want. And so we've been focusing on, on raising kids and launching them and getting them Man. successful into life. And God's been so good to us and he's been blessing us. And uh, it's been a crazy season, but uh, at the end of it, I know that he's just refining us yes. and, and, you know, just getting us ready for whatever it is he has for us next. Man, so. <laughs> and one thing I will say too, and I love what you said about God cares more about you. And one thing he told me, he said, I want you to know I care more about my relationship with you than yep. anything that you'll do for me. Yes. And that took me a while to comprehend in my mind yeah. because it was, you know, we were all, it's like missions, missions. Once you get into that mode, you're yep. like, what am I doing? What am I producing? Yeah. But the reality is, is you have to take those times where you say, God cares more about my life, yep. me than anything I'm going to do. But yeah. because he cares so much about me and yeah. I care about him, now I'm going to reach other people. Yep. Us reaching out is a byproduct of receiving from him yeah. and our reciprocation to yeah. him. But, you know, you had mentioned one thing, you know, about your daughters and yeah. you guys are, I know they're in school now, but you had the opportunity to take them, uh, at least one or two of them on yeah. the mission field. And yeah. so what was that like to see your kids experience that? You know, so my, my wife's parents are pastors okay. and I was this heathen boy. Yeah. Kind of like, kind of like stumbled. I went chasing. You weren't chasing, approved no, of. Yeah. I was not. I went chasing this blonde girl into the church and I found yeah. Jesus and her, and my wife's parents, my in-laws, dear, dear people, they always told us that. Hey, she's not going out. You're coming in. 
And, you know, uh, I, I got born again, filled the Holy Ghost, and I was sold out from a young age. Yeah. And it was great. I got the girl, too. There you go. And, but Victory. One, yeah. <laughs> the one thing they always said to us is that, hey, you're going to go further than we ever went. You're going to wow. reach more than we've ever reached. And it was our, their heart and prayer. And still to this day, they're our biggest supporters. And, and I've always encouraged us in that way. Well, we just want to duplicate that in our girls. Yes. You know, we've got three daughters, and we've told them, you know, you're going to go further than we ever went. You're going to reach more than you've, we've ever reached. And it might look very different for them. I know like my oldest, she's got a heart to be uh, uh, an RN and just graduated wow. high school. But getting the opportunity to take them on the mission field with us and have them experience um, uh, like what it looks like to lead someone to the Lord, yes. what it looks like to pray, pray for someone in a cross-cultural setting. I got a, a realization that God doesn't call people to ministry. He calls families to ministry. And it's not like the, the plan that God he yeah. has for you is going to be separate from what he has for your family. And so uh, I, I'm really honored that I never had to like leave my family behind to go do ministry. Yeah. And I, I remember actually um, uh, my internship for Rama School World Missions was in, was in Panama with the tremendous yeah. missionaries, uh, the cooks. Yeah. And, um, one thing that he deposited on the inside of me, he, he shared with me that I took as like, you know, like, like the 10 commandments being yeah. carved for me was, <laughs> was that uh, don't go off, you know, carving um, paths in the jungle to reach villages and leave your family behind in the tent. You know, God calls families to do it yeah. together. He really helped me, uh, brother Dennis Cook really helped me see that God's called, called families. So Although a lot of places I, I went and took teams and sent teams, you know, there was, I couldn't take kids, young kids yeah. to, you know, to hard places often. Um, when I could like to Manchester, England, we were doing trips there. We actually did youth teams. And then my oldest daughter, Megan, she was a big part of the uh, leadership. She started when she was like, I think 12, 13. And I think she went like four times with me. And by wow. the, by the end of it, she was leading the drama team. She was leading outreaches and, and helping and, and uh, did missions with her school, Guatemala. She's done some stuff. My, my middle daughter, Katie, got to come a couple times. And uh, yeah, we want to put that in our kids. And you know, God calls generations. He identifies himself as a yes. generational God. He says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. He, so he, he has a plan for you. And if the plan for you stops at your life, you're not thinking far enough down the road. He's a generational God. So Man. your kids should be involved with what you're doing for the Lord. And that had to be awesome, though, because you guys had been proclaiming that they're going to go further than you. Yep. And at their age, yep. they've probably gone to more places yeah, than you did. Exactly right. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, so yeah. you're already seeing this. And, yeah. you know, what it takes is, um, you know, truly, you know, there's so much power in our words. Mm -hmm. You know, Ronnie and his wife, Peggy, they were speaking that out over their daughters and they're starting to see it come to pass. And it's not anything besides them co-laboring again, going back to that with God and, and really believing in it and the heart that God has for everyone around the world. He's been able to give to Ronnie and his wife and now they're passing it along to their daughters. And it's not just to, you know, we have natural children, but there's spiritual children yeah. that we have. And I feel like, you know, even, no matter what our age is, whenever we are able to disciple somebody, they almost become like a yeah. child. And I'm sure that, you know, seeing people all around the world being discipled and growing. And what is it like to you when you go to those, you've been to those other countries and you're seeing the indigenous people, the people from that nation yeah. really take the reins. They're not relying on other people, but mm -hmm. they're like, we're owning this. What yeah. was that like for you to see? Well, you just, you just feel the heart of the father and yeah. that, and that's, um, 
you, it's like in your natural kids, like so, uh, so proud, you know, yeah. thing. But, <laughs> but to see, to see the gospel propagated, it, it's not only like, um, doesn't just bless me, but it just encourages me and, and reminds me that it's nothing that I could do in myself. Yeah. It's nothing that our, our team, our ministry, your ministry can do. It's, it's Jesus, right? Yes. Paul said, I preach Christ to him, him crucified. But the heart, I, I do love that the heart of the father is always in, in evangelism that way. Paul said that when he reached uh, an area, sometimes he was only able to stay in a particular city for just weeks. And he would appoint elders of the church. You know, we got elders just because it was the, the oldest people yeah. who were born again. <laughs> now you're the elder. I got to go. You know, I'm getting run out of town, yeah. you know. But Paul, you know, sometimes he would just look over to Barnabas and he'd just go, hey, let's go see how they do, right? He never yeah. was... Um, he never was a, an evangelist that would just go reach people and they would just be off on their own. He was writing them letters to encourage and disciple them. He was finding ways to go back and visit. And that's the heart of the father is yeah. to not just make converts, but make disciples and sow into them. And so uh, when you see indigenous leaders grab a hold of that and take things further than you ever would have taken anyway, uh, you really see the kingdom and how, and how God planned this thing from the beginning. Like he set this up. This is, yeah. this was on purpose and yeah. I'm seeing it come to pass. He kind of knew what he's doing a little bit. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> like, All right. Oh, okay, God, yeah, you, you, you figured this out before me. <laughs> hey, last, last thing I'll say about that yeah. is that, the, the beautiful thing about the plan, it's been one story from the beginning. If you look back in the book of Acts and you see the first, uh, you know, the, the, you know, Acts 2 and the Holy Ghost falls and, you know, Peter preaches and 3,000 people get born again. And you see this unbroken thread of the gospel. You know, when the apostle John died in AD 90, AD 100 approximately, there was about one Christian on the earth for every 360 people on the earth. So to reach every person or to at least preach the gospel to every person, every believer would have had to reach or preach to 360 people. Now, since that time, there are billions of more people on the earth, number-wise, yeah. than there were then. But check this out. There is today, today, one Christian on the earth for every eight people on the earth. That's good news. Yeah. This thing is, we're coming to a climax to the kingdom. We're coming to a climax of the Great That's Commission. So there will be closure of the Great Commission, and it can happen in our generation. You have to reach eight. I'll reach eight. It's just that your eight might be in Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> And so yeah. being partnered with a, a group like, like Gregory's Ministries, who is sending cross-cultural ministry uh, around the world, um, you can help complete the Great Commission by giving and by going. But yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen, and it we is. can be a part of it. I, yeah, I, I yeah. believe like we're reaching those people in our lifetime and, and, you know, I've made it, like I hadn't heard that statistic. I think maybe Matt Beamer shared it in our mission class before, but I hadn't heard in a while. And that just gives you a perspective of, man, I know in my lifetime, I can reach HP. I can reach eight people. Yeah. I know I can, yeah. but I don't want to stop there. That's right. I want to keep expanding. And not yeah. only that, but I want to help other people people reach eight people. That's right. And so that's really the heart of God within you. I, I feel like there's people right now that feel that cry in their heart. I want to reach eight people. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't feel like you know how to reach eight people. Let me just encourage you in this. The love of God leads people to repentance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you approach someone, it doesn't have to start with saying today, if you died, are you going to heaven or hell? You can start out by saying, you know what? I just want to let you know that the God that created all the universe loves you. He thought about you before you were even born, and he wants to reach your heart today, and he wants to let you know that he cares for you, he loves you, and he wants to spend every day 
with you. And so if you would like to spend time with that same God who wants to spend time with you, I want to encourage you to say this prayer. And so that it doesn't have to, sometimes, you know, just to be honest with you, Ronnie, the first time that I ever shared the gospel with somebody was in Thailand, Mm -hmm. but I didn't feel like I knew how to do it. It was so intimidating to me to share the gospel with somebody. Mm -hmm. And I think I went back to Adam and Eve and I started like walking (laughs) through, I think I went through Genesis. I went through the whole, because I didn't know where to start, but I, but it, I learned over the years that it's the love of God that leads yeah. people to repentance. And I don't have to prove anything to anybody. Yeah. When you're approaching somebody, when you're evangelizing, whether you're in America or in another country, yeah. your job is not to prove that you have more knowledge than them. It's to show them the love of God. Yeah. And so I, I, before, you know, we end here, I just would love for you, if you have any testimonies about, you know, sharing the love of God and Mm -hmm. seeing that in action, I'd love just to kind of have you share that just for people that are, don't know where to start. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The Bible says that um, when the Holy ghost comes upon you, he'll give you power to be a witness. Yes. And the good news is, you know, if you think about what a witness does, they just recount what happened to them, what they saw. And all you have to do to reach someone is just share your story. There's so much power in your story. The good news is, although you may be able to go back to Genesis one, you may not need to, you may just have to say, Hey, this is who I was before Jesus. And this is who I am after Jesus. This is who he is be a witness of that. And I've, I've seen it work in every continent that I've ever been on in every culture I've ever been to South America, African, sub, Sub-Saharan African, Northern African, Middle Eastern countries, Asian countries, Buddhists, Hindus. There was um, on the streets of, of Beirut, Lebanon, I actually ran into um, as a man from, from India. He was Hindu and he was there with a Syrian refugee who was Muslim. And they were there with a Lebanese man who was um, unaffiliated. Yeah, yeah just, <laughs> he was uh, an atheist. You know, he was grew up in a Maronite, um, a nominal Christian yeah. background. And uh, with my interpreter, who was newly born again as a Syrian refugee, he he was my uh, we you know he 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 was reached with the gospel and immediately went into the ministry as an interpreter. And we we're just ministering on the streets. And I and I was with those three men, and I said, what a what an incredible God to take to take all of us from all of these different parts of the world that we would be here at this moment. He must want to share something very special with you. And they said, they agreed. Yes, he must. What is it? Mm. I said, let me tell you, it's that he loves you and that he sent his son to die for you so that he could be with you for eternity. And you saw the love of God just wash over those three men. They so easily prayed the prayer of salvation and became born again that day. It was the simplest time I'd ever led someone to the Lord, just sharing the love of God in, the, in three of the hardest religions, yeah. you know, atheism, like we would Muslim, rank that, be like, this Hindu, is... right? Easy. The gospel wow. works. The good news to a Muslim is the same good news it was to you is that without him, you have nothing, but with him, you have eternity. Yeah. And uh, all you got to do is share that, be a witness and just share what happened in you. And you can do that. If you're hearing yes. this, you can do that. And uh, I, I'm convicted hearing that. I don't do it more in my own life. You know, that's always available around us everywhere we go. But Lord, just help us, you know, keep our radar on and encounter those relationships and people that that you have already set, you know, the good works that you've, you've set ahead of time for us. It's people. And Lord, I just pray right now. It's for the unction just to yeah, pray. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Just Lord, I pray for everyone who's listening to this podcast, watching this podcast, that the sphere of influence that you've already ordained them to walk in, the people that they're going to encounter who at 
at, at just the right crucial moment that you're going to empower, embolden, and anoint the listener of this podcast mm. to have a word in season. Yeah. And Lord, that that word would bring life and light to the darkness and the darkness will not be able to overcome it in Jesus name. I thank you, Lord, that we are soul winners, that that we are, uh, we are who you called us to be uh, just disciples, making other disciples uh, in this world, in this world. And that at the end, we'll be able to just lay our crowns at your feet, Jesus, and just celebrate everything you've done, your faithfulness in our lives and the people who heard your good news because of uh, just the echo of what you did in our hearts in Jesus name. Amen. Man. And I, I'm excited because I believe that whether we ever hear about it or not, whether anybody ever writes in or not, there's going to be testimonies that yeah. come from this. And I just want to encourage you. You are bold and you have the ability to share the gospel. You know what Jesus did for you and you know what he can do for somebody else. The word of God says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. Yeah. And so that means that whether you feel like it or not, you are bold. So tell yourself, I'm bold. And when I see a need, I'm going to fill it. When I see somebody that has never encountered Jesus, I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the one that's going to show it to them. And don't uh, disqualify yourself. Again, you know, we talked about at the beginning, no matter what your title is, no matter how long you've been a Christian, no matter how much word knowledge, you know, if you've encountered Jesus, you can help other people encounter him as well. And so Ronnie, thank you so much for joining to man. We got to have you back on. I was like, we had such a good time and guys, just a reminder. um, If you're listening to this on Facebook or Instagram, you can listen to the audio version on Spotify, on Apple podcasts, basically anywhere you can find the auto version. Also, if you'd like to get involved with our Gregorch Ministries uh, Kenya project, you can do so by going to gregorchministries.org. And again, thank you guys so much for joining us today. And Ronnie, we're excited to have you back soon. Thanks, man. Yeah. All right.